Welcome to the Daniel Energy Partners In-Basin Observations Podcast, where we bring you insightful conversations with leaders and experts in the oilfield services industry. Today, we're on the road visiting the headquarters of GR Energy Services. We're thrilled to have a special guest with us, Mr. Wayne Richards, President and CEO of GR. With over 40 years of experience in the industry, Mr. Richards has held various senior positions in well completions, testing, and lift systems and sales and marketing and executive leadership roles at companies like Schlumberger, Vetco, and Global Oilfield Services. So today we're gonna to discuss with Mr. Richards the challenges and opportunities facing GR and the broader OFS industry. Welcome to uh, the InBasin Observations podcast. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be here with you and John today. Thanks again for letting us come down and, and bug you. Um, before we get into like the real deposition here, Wayne, why don't you just first quick, quickly give us your background and then after you sort of talk about your personal experience, walk us through GR Energy Services, you know, what, what the company has been historically, what you are today, and what's your vision of the company two to three, four years from now. You bet, thank you. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I graduated with a mining engineering degree from West Virginia University uh, in 1981, hired on with Schlumberger, spent 25 years with Schlumberger, and then uh, decided to uh, to get into the uh, private equity-backed uh, 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 projects, uh, first uh, with uh, Vetco Gray, and then uh, moving on with uh, being a founder, co-founder of Global Oil Field Services, and then a co-founder of our present company, GR Energy Services. Uh, you know, GR was formed in 2013. We're on our 10th year now. Uh, we really started executing about 2015 through some acquisitions. Uh, to get us in the uh, the wireline completion space, and have since uh, evolved into a uh, into a company that's very heavily focused on technology. Uh, we happen to convey via wireline, but uh, we're really focused on how we can make things better at the well site in terms of uh, efficiency, reliability, and the utilization of automation to make uh, the experience uh, for our for our customers. Uh, a very positive uh, engagement. Uh, obviously, we keep safety uh, performance at, at the top of what we do, and, and we really stress uh, the consistency of our model and the ability to provide superior service quality to all our customers. So it's uh, it's been a great growth mechanism uh, uh, for our company. And you know, as we look as we look at the challenges of the market today. Uh, really for us it's all about uh, how we can continue to evolve through the use of technology. We now have the integration of our surface and downhole technologies that we feel provides a, uh, um, uh, an experience for our customers that uh, is uh, not only more reliable in terms of service quality but also more efficient than our competitors that are out there. Can you give us some, yeah. a, an example of how of the integration Within this, within both surface and downhole, like what do you, what exactly for the yes. layman who doesn't understand? Yes, yeah, so we stuff. we developed. Uh, I guess probably the first technology that we got involved in was the rig lock technologies, right. which was the pressure control technologies that uh, allowed us to uh, um, to not only be safer uh, at the wellhead by taking folks out of the uh, critical safety zone, mm -hmm. but also allowed us to be about twenty percent more efficient uh, in terms of our trip times as you get out on these well pads uh, it's all about uh, having that consistency and being able to uh, uh, 
um, convert from one well to the other in the minimal amount of time in the most safety uh, conscious manner. Mm-hmm. And and then on, on the downhole uh, systems, and we use a lot of digital enabled uh, software to help us, but in the downhole systems we've now developed what I call the bottom hole assembly, which is from the cable head down through the plug and provide that complete solution uh, to our customers uh, uh, when we go out to the well site and we're one of the few companies that can do that and we've developed the technology from uh, the uh, release tool uh, through the uh, perforating gun systems uh, down through the uh, setting tool uh, complete through to uh, the uh, the plugs not only composite plugs but also dissolvable plugs right and on the perforating, because Bill and I had the chance to go look at the, the factory, the, the assembly facility, um, you have the vertical integration capability, yes, sir. essentially. Uh, walk us through what, what prompted you go down that, to go down that path, customer response, and also I'd be curious, just, I mean, you make the product, do you sell to your competitors, and speak to that relationship, if you would. You bet. Uh, It was back a few years ago, prior to COVID, that uh, we saw uh, some of the um, uh, perforating products companies starting to go direct to uh, the E&P customers out Mm -hmm. in the field. And, um, you know, we feel there's a lot more in the value proposition than just the products themselves. There's a service quality associated with with uh, with the wireline unit itself and the ability to integrate all that. Well, so we took a decision while things were kind of slowing down to um, to start developing our own products so that we could control our own destiny from a supply chain perspective all the way through to uh, the delivery. So the last few years, uh, it's been the culmination of uh, of R&E efforts. Um, we have a a, a wonderful. Uh, intimate relationship with many of our top customers mm-hmm. that are that are uh, large uh, players in the business that operate multiple basins that that actually have been very receptive to our approach and and letting us test the technology on their well bore. So mm-hmm. um, you know, for instance, one of the the major uh, leading uh, failure components on a downhole system is the release tool and the release tool is critical particularly in these long horizontals when you get there and you get stuck you have to come off the uh, the tool string mm-hmm. in a controlled fashion well there's a lot of third-party release tools we used them and that just weren't as consistent so we took that as a challenge and our our major customers uh, allowed us to test and go through the iteration of that technology and now we have a a release tool that's uh, been on close to 20,000 runs without without any kind of failures. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and you know we have this relationship. It's it maybe is a bit strange, but um, where we sell our downhole products uh, to our competitors mm-hmm. out in the business, and uh, I know that was a a big jump for us. And you know initially it wasn't received as well. Right. Uh, Competitors are like, well, we know that Wellmatics is a part of GR, and um, why would I support a competitor that's out there in the business? But what we found is by by being able to uh, to have systems and, and take the reliability to a new level in the business, that a lot of that um, a lot of that um, you know feedback, negative feedback kind of went away. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know I was challenged by my board the other day uh, by saying, you know, you're you're helping your competitors in terms of getting better in the business. And 
Yeah, I look at it like that, but what we want is to provide a good quality product out there to, to make us all better right. in the yeah. business. I've got a follow-up, and then I'm going to let Bill jump in. Yeah. But, you know, this, making up names here for a second, Wayne, let's say Exxon comes to you, and they say, well, we don't really like your gun system. We want you to use XYZ brand. How often does that happen? And what's and what's your response to, when you go back to your engineering guy? Say, why, is, why am I being asked to use someone else's product? What are we not doing right? We've we've had a few occurrences with that. More yeah. more cases than not, um, they like the system. I mean, you're talking about a system now that can that can provide you. I mean, it's it's very easy to operate. I won't call it plug and play. We yeah. call it automatic. It's easy to operate, and and we now have surpassed over 500 runs per misrun, which is a new level in the industry. Okay. So more than not it's the other way around okay. where folks will say hey uh, we want to go to this gun system or can you we want to keep the same wireline unit but can you bring your gun system out and, and actually shoot it or provide it for the third party but you know if folks want us to shoot an, another gun system then we look at doing that we want to do what's best and and uh, for our customer but uh, more than likely uh, that we're, we're finding that they convert to our gun system and you know we we had the uh, ability by having the service arm and the product arm is to not only test our products through the service arm, mm -hmm. but to also convert uh, through that service arm. And with our 20% uh, predominant market share in the plug-and-perf market, we were able to become one of the larger providers of downhole products that we focus on uh, in North America. So it's been a, a great experience for us. Okay. Yeah, because this is pretty new. I mean, you're, the Wellmatics, that's all pretty new. The, the last year plus, two years, really, that you've been been—you've rolled that out, right? So do you feel like you guys are now getting to that, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't want to call it, you know, the right size, but you're starting to get the traction that you really wanted out of, out of that, just having your own perf gun and, and being able to sell it both to yourselves and to others? Yes, sir, and it's, it's really starting to hit on all cylinders right now. We've had a tremendous first quarter in the business and we've seen our third party uh, revenue grow every month uh, of the year mm -hmm. and we have projects out there now that uh, dictate that we're going to continue to see a pretty phenomenal year okay. and that's going to be almost a tripling of uh, revenues for third party sales okay we're going to jump into the yeah I know. the market stuff in a minute uh, i'm salivating <laughs> now yeah. bill, I'll, bill I'll let you continue well no that was really where i was going i mean so you guys obviously spent some money, you know, kind of building these the 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 downhole tools or, or some of these other products. You know, you feel like you're getting a return on that now so far. Not yet, uh, but it's starting to come. I mean, with some of the tools, uh, what what's interesting is uh, we're in this uh, in this uh, nice marketplace right now, and and many of our products have been developed and are ready for commercialization through 2022. So. We're, hit, we're hitting from a timing perspective. We really have a lot of high expectations for this year right. to provide those products and to, and, to, and to really increase our market share. If, you know, we're, we're not going to increase how many wireline units we have running sure. in the market yeah. in an oversaturated market. Right. But what we can do is increase the uh, available wallet as such right. uh, out there by providing, providing these guns and services to uh, select competitors. Okay. Yeah, one other thing, because like, you know, having a private equity sponsor, you know, be supportive is is probably um, not the norm right now for, for some private companies. How's that been, 
you know, again, developing new technologies, not necessarily shifting your focus, but, you know, becoming more asset light, doing, you know, some of this stuff. How's your, how's your sponsor kind of been, um, or are you guys just being able to do this through your own cash flow to, to kind of develop these things? We'll be able to fund it through our own cash flow. And, uh, you know, I think there was maybe a little skepticism early on, but um, uh, maybe for, you know, the vision we had of, of, of being this provider and utilizing the strengths that we had in the market and, and being vertically integrated. Uh, I wouldn't say there was pushback. I think there was, you know, quite a lot of questions because, we're, you know, we were talking about spending $20, 30000000 million dollars. Mm-hmm. To develop these technologies, to and, and, you know, we're moving into the shape charge arena right. also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, however, I've got uh, great uh, partners, and we've been with them a long time. Uh, right. In the previous venture, Global Oilfield Services, we were with the same partners and Vetco, right. and so there's a lot of trust there. There's a, um, um, you know, they understand that that we have a good feel for the market, but you know, they're tough. I mean, right. don't get me wrong, yeah. my board is. Uh, they want to understand what the returns look like and and so forth and we're now getting to the point we we reached a uh, and I'll, I'll say this but we reached a point uh mid last year where we were starting to debate again this third party mm-hmm. uh, element and uh should we support uh you know our competitors in the market but we took a little different approach and and we don't sell to every wireline company out okay. there um but what we do do is we 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 hit the E&P operators mm-hmm. with our downhole solution, and uh, particularly if we can't get a wireline truck out there, and right now we're sold out, right. so it's yeah. very difficult to do that. We can still provide a level of service uh, to get the plug and perf uh, operation uh, successful. Okay, I'm going to transition to just the business outlook. Right, you've had uh, a li- we've had a little bit of volatility. Gas prices stink. Mm-hmm. That's no surprise. Forward curve looks better as you look out in the next year oil prices you know we had a scare about a month or so ago and you you know i think you read our note every now and then we've been called too pessimistic by some but when oil prices are going down to 65 70 dollars is when the flurry of calls came as i understand it from emps to guys like you saying we need some price relief uh we've seen the rig count moderate slightly down 30 40 rigs from the peak you if you use baker as your rig count yep. proxy so you know we're stay flat to down from an activity standpoint across the u.s so when you have that backdrop first speak to the outlook what your visibility is for this year and then once you would do that sorry for the long question it's, it's a bad habit but once you do that then tell us how you were what your guidance was to your team at gr when the inbound started coming in about price concessions? No, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, being in this business as long as I have, um, it, it seems like it's a continual cycle up and down. But I, I think it's a little different this time, and I'll, right. I'll comment on that uh, here in a, in a few minutes. But, you know, we're very blessed with, uh, with uh, not only the people we have in this organization, but also the, the, the service quality we provide for our customers. So. Uh, we're not the cheapest in the market. Don't intend to be so. We have to get a return on the investment that we've made in the technology. And 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 if you look at our top ten customer list, mm-hmm. um, I'd say eight of the top ten are multi-basin customers. So we're able to uh, navigate through those cycles. We operate in every basin in the U.S. except the the Rockies proper, mm-hmm. but we are in Williston. Right. 
Um, and, uh, and I can tell you that not so much with our oil-based customers, because a lot of those folks were hedged mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. with a higher price, but we started seeing some, um, some feedback from our customers in the Haynesville uh, and in the Northeast. I mean, obviously the Northeast has its own set of issues with uh, lack, of, uh, lack of pipe uh, mm-hmm. taking gas. And, and we've got such a good customer uh, relationship there that we were able to navigate our way through. We had some of our top customers come and want some pricing concession in, mm-hmm. in the Bossier. Uh, and in that play and uh, uh, we ended up giving those concessions mm-hmm. and because we understand the, the pain they're feeling um, but we haven't seen a back off in activity as a matter of fact we've gained share over Have there you? in the last uh, in the last two months um, but you just got to react I mean you can't you can't give away the farm I mean our cost to do business continues to go up right. and our customers mm-hmm. understand that but we have we have real good discussions and at the end of the day it comes back to the service quality mm-hmm. and i think there's starting to be a separation out there with all the wireline companies that are there uh, we're starting to see a separation of those that can consistently perform over time and those that can't when you look at your because as a private company you're probably not going to tell us your financials although you're open to um, but we can look at your peer group right yeah and from where they were where their margins were were you know, a year or two years ago, they're much better, but they're not crazy great, right? And so the tension is, if I'm an EMP company, I say, well, gosh, you know, my pricing went from X to X plus fifty percent from 2020 to 2022, 23, and it's not really a fair comp, by the way. But how? What when you're sitting out with your customer and they say, we? And I know you mentioned giving some concessions in the Bossier because I understand they need to work with the customer. But how do you convince them that you're not really crushing it financially? And that it's hard to give these concessions. Just take us down those, like a, you know, without naming your customer's name. Yeah. The discussion. It's, uh, I mean, it's different with each customer, right. obviously, but, um, uh, but the fact of the matter is, and, and I commented this at, at, Thrive. at the Thrive, yeah. is yeah. that our per stage price yeah. is still 20% below where it was in peak 2018. Right. right. And what we've been able to do is work on our cost base by taking uh, more people off the well site. Mm-hmm. We're down from those peak levels. We're down 120 to 150 field people. Uh, so our, our margin per employee has actually increased slightly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those discussions with the customer are very much, look, I mean, they know. I mean, yeah, the yeah. inflationary effects, the, uh, the supply chain challenges, uh, which we've been very blessed with a, right. a very secure – uh, supply chain with redundancy across the board to once again control our own destiny and um, you just lay out some facts with some folks I mean you can't share all the the intimate details but you can tell them that we have a, a goal to, to have a certain margin in this particular area so we can continue to reinvest in people and equipment and technology right okay um, the other theme that's been discussed recently is the the increase in M&A activity, particularly amongst E&P companies, right? You've seen a lot of the private equity-backed players get taken out. There's no shortage of names that are being mentioned in the media that are, you know, Reuters had articles out last week yep. about four different private E&P companies that would, were rumored to be on the block. Who knows? But it's reported by Reuters, so you would think there's some there's some smoke, some smoke yep. right? And uh, and so as a company, as you, as you try to 
target your customers. How do you make the decision to maybe want to work for the smaller private EMP where you might get a higher margin? I don't know if that's true or not, versus the big EMP that might... The multi-basin. Multi-basin. And what happens in your market if you see four, five, six, seven of these private EMPs go away in the back half of the year? How does that... From a competitive standpoint, it would seem that tensions could get elevated, Mm -hmm. right? And eventually these people come back. It's like, right. you know, athletes, which never goes away. These people come back and they do it again. But there's a period of time where there's, there's could be some, some headaches. And I'm assuming you're, I mean, you read these same articles. Mm-hmm. Again, tell, tell us in your seat in the sort of the, the king's chair, how you're going to guide the troops and how you. Well, once again, I go yeah. back to our, I go back to our customer base, okay. which is mainly large public okay, companies. Good that are multi-basin, that work through the cycle. Okay. We made a conscious decision a few years ago to do that. Now, we have a, a great uh, uh, relationship with a lot of privates, private equity-backed companies that uh, that help us um, when we when we have white space right. and we need that to be filled. And that's that's a challenge because, you know, sometimes the the large integrateds will, will shut down for weeks at a time or a month at a time, and right. that doesn't work well with our model. So... Um, it's through that customer in- intimacy. I'm a, I'm a sales guy. I've right. been a salesperson. We <laughs> We're all sales, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so um, I'm really big on on knowing your customer and, okay. and understanding your customer's activity. And um, and and we strive for full time work, mm-hmm. um, which makes it a lot more efficient for us working with the same frack crews, having our crews out there. You develop a, a teamwork right. relationship where you can start cranking out more stages a day because that's at the end of the day that's what it's about in terms sure. of our profitability so um we um we pick and choose right. um and it's based on efficiency uh now you know if we start seeing more and more softness in the market then we have to ma- maybe have to make some other decisions right. but but you're not seeing that yet we're not seeing that right. yet okay. and we're not seeing really uh the significant slowdowns yet yeah. i mean there's some increased white space in some areas due to various reasons right. but uh and and to be very frank uh, sometimes um uh i mean these, these trucks go out and run 340 out of 362 days a year right. uh having a little white space isn't bad to, to get some break. maintenance done and yeah. give our folks a break and give them a little time off but you've done this for 42 years yes sir a long time is any of this what's going on today scare you? I don't know that it scares me. I think it's a different model today. Yeah. Uh, I believe the capital discipline that's been uh, executed out there by the ENPs has been good for our business. Right. Uh, it hadn't been the. Uh, I mean, we were what a few years ago. The the cycles were quarterly, right. uh, yeah. much less on an annual yeah. cycle. So mm-hmm. it's very tough to manage manage your business under that situation. Consistency. Uh, with customers and and having that level of communications on their activity levels and planning that out is getting better and better today because I think the EMP companies understand that you know they have to give some sort of certainty to the service companies right. on 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 their ability to plan and, and have the the uh, qualified people necessary to perform the the job. Fair enough. You got anything? Or you want me? I got. No, you're, I, you're I, still I, going I, down I'm, the, I'm, the, the I'm pricing. going on my rant here. Yeah. Well, no. The you, earlier you also made a comment about part of your your business being oversaturated which really applies to like a lot of the OFS segments still 
what's the desire for you to be a consolidator? Because you've also made a lot of investments in what I'm going to call higher tech stuff because I'm not a high tech guy, <laughs> which seems like there's probably more value in those investments than say just another, forgive me, another truck. Right. 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 How, how do you see the, the need and the desire to consolidate? Well, it's as I mentioned to you earlier, we're we're not going to add. I mean, we're upgrading. We're moving more right. to electric yeah. fleet. We're, uh, uh, I mean, our our units are are, are run hard. Right. Yeah. So uh, we're doing a lot of that, but we've got way too many competitors in this business. And uh, while the uh, the hurdles to compete at a high level under under pressure in these horizontal wells. You may think the repetitive task of shooting guns day in and day night, you know, plug and perf, is something that's that's fairly basic. There's a lot of technology that goes into right. that, and it's it's quite complex. So, um, we, um, I forgot, I lost my train of thought. I yeah. guess the question is, do you want to buy people? Or we no? we're we're looking at not necessarily acquisitions on the wireline front, right. but we're looking at complementary technologies around the wellhead. Fair enough. So yeah. you can see us maybe maybe do some of that in the future. I mean, we're private, so right. we're always for sale uh, to <laughs> say the <laughs> least. So are we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, DP concurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, in all seriousness, we're. Um, um, Yes, we look for those opportunities and have ongoing discussions with folks right. about that. How would you say the uh, the M and A deal flow is? Like, how many bankers are trying to come down here and see you and pitch ideas today versus six months ago versus two years yeah. ago? Uh, I think I think it's starting to increase. Yeah. I think what we see is as the E and P companies uh, move into yeah. their consolidating uh, type strategies. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a bit of time, and then it starts hitting the service industry. But, right. um, you know, there's deals out there um, that, that we look at on a regular basis. But I don't know that the deal flow has picked up. Okay. Um, it definitely hasn't seemed like there are as many OFS deals as there have been right. in the yeah. Just uh, upscale. I mean, the, the onesie twosies have been out there. But Now, being private, because we're private, we is a blessing. Um, at some point, a sponsor has to have an exit strategy. Is there any appeal of being a public company, or would you say, no, thank you, I'll step aside? Like, how do you? Because I would. I mean, we've seen a couple companies try to go public mm -hmm. on the OFS side. I'm just curious your I thoughts. I think the key is you have to be a sufficient size. size. Yeah. Right. yeah. So being a uh, a small cap public company with no float doesn't get anyone excited. Fair enough. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, for us uh, to look at, at that as a solution down the road, and we've discussed it. Yeah. Um, We'd have to be a consolidator and bring on some uh, some some other, other players so right. that we could get to the appropriate level. And we think that appropriate level is about two hundred and fifty million in EBITDA. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because in, in the old yeah. days it was a hundred million. Yes, sir, and I think it's changed. It has, to, it has changed, right? Uh, okay, and so you, I'm not going to ask you to go into the other specific businesses you might look at because I don't want to like tip your hat to any of your competitors, but. Um, but it's obviously stuff that you're not in today that you're looking at. Fair. Yes, sir. Okay. And if you had to put an over-under that we would see GR with a new product line at the end of this year, would you take the over or the under? Uh, I'd take the under. You would? Okay. Probably not a new product. As I mentioned, we're, 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 we've gotten to the point now where we've launched a lot of technologies. And I'm referring to an acquisition. Oh, from product. an acquisition. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, 
we're going to probably execute. We can stay, edit this one too if you don't like this yeah. answer. We're, we're going to stay. We're going to stay focused on execution this Fair year. Enough. But there are some potential uh, acquisitions. That but I think we're far enough into the year that that probably wouldn't happen this year. Okay. Yeah. So th- you mentioned earlier about you know kind of um, electric wireline um, units. Do you, do you guys feel like that that there is more of more demand for that type of or is it just you know kind of sticking to the knitting you know leave the electric um electric powered fleets to the the pressure pumpers and you know kind of how's that working for your business well once again it's very customer dependent and um as you all know there's um particularly on the environmental side to to reduce your carbon footprint Mm -hmm. there's a lot of focus on that we believe in that and Mm -hmm. and working down that road but for us, moving to electric brings a lot of other advantages. Uh, mm-hmm. For instance, um, uh, uh, the ability to automate the operation. I was right. talking to an individual last night about, you know, we have a vision of being able to perforate in an automated fashion mm-hmm. out at the well site, and we're not too far from that. Uh, when you look at yeah. uh, having software to run the winch, right now we have software that uh, <coughs> controls the pump-down units, so we've been able to reduce a, a, a person at the well site by right. doing that. And um, so um, we really uh, we really th- feel that um, the technology side of the business is an area that we're going to continue to uh, to focus on and hopefully get our returns from mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we saw that when we were out there. We saw that when we saw the perf guns. We also saw their you know your kind of control center, um, which is really but you know on the see. on the electric side. And I, I lost my train of thought, yep. Bill. But on the electric side, uh, being able you know to have an electric uh, winch out right. there. Yep gives you a lot more control of the operation and I mean you can shut down the winch uh, and, and run it so slow that uh, you can alleviate maybe potential uh, hazards that mm-hmm. you might have in the well bore right. automatic shutdowns and things of that yeah. nature so uh, we're quite excited um, I think you guys got a chance to see our uh, our we call it the whale but our right. dual winch unit uh, our future unit being built on yeah uh, it's getting ready to head to the field here soon, and uh, it was in response to a lot of the simulfracs that are going on. Mm-hmm. But we've got a lot of interest uh, from the northeast out to the Permian to deploy that unit, which is going to be much more efficient for us rather than having two wireline units out on the same pad right. to perform those operations. And uh, and that's going to be run by you know six people total, where normally you'd have twelve folks out there uh, right. running the operation. So it's things like that that get me excited and. And really can attract um, young folks interested in technology into this business. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the there's the thought that it's a dirty, greasy business with minimal technology out there, and it's pretty amazing when you see. I mean, you look at even the quality control that goes into a, a downhole perforating gun system. Yeah. It's pretty sophisticated these days. Right. When you make that type of investment, and in, you, know, you can go from call it twelve to six workers in the field. There's obviously a benefit to you from a safety standpoint, and your costs are lower, all else being equal. If I'm the customer, right. what's the benefit to me? If you could sell us that, and it, is there a benefit for, for that? Yes, there's a there's a huge benefit, and naturally the reaction is going to be, well, if you're taking folks off the well site, uh, then your price is going to be lower uh, to yeah. do that job, and that's not the case it at all. It shouldn't be. It should be higher, frankly. It's actually going to be higher because right. of the investment in technology, but I think the big key to that, and, and we have a couple big big operators right now interested in our gun builder system okay. to bring that out even on third-party uh, uh, wireline uh, crews. 
because they want to eliminate the wrench turning that goes on at the well site and any accidents that may occur with uh, stepping, handling, and lifting, which is the, the highest accident rate in the, in the industry today. So uh, removing folks from the well site is what it's all about. Right. Unfortunately, over the last few years, we've had too many fatalities. Uh, one's, one's too many enough uh, um, on well sites due to too many people out there and and, and mm-hmm. folks losing track of where they're at and a lot of moving equipment and machinery moving around and that's not a good uh, that's not a good solution so and our customers are receptive to that uh, they initially the reaction might be well it looks to be a, a cheaper delivery system we want a, a cheaper price but we talk about uh, the reliability the safety uh, side of things and and to be able to perform more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it goes back to efficiency, it goes back to reliability, and it goes back to, uh, to automation okay. and, and the solution we can provide. Let's pretend for a moment that your private equity sponsor says, Wayne, here's $100 million. And you can't pay down debt, you can't pay a dividend. you got to deploy it. Mm-hmm. Where do you deploy it? Well, I think we deploy it with, uh, through M&A. Yeah. is what we do we we're very fortunate we have minimal to any debt okay, in the good. business that's our model that's been our model from day one and um, which has allowed us to focus on the things that we needed to focus on in the business rather than rather than paying down debt and uh, so we would uh, we've got a, um, a list of about three or four different acquisitions that we would uh, move very rapidly towards fair enough okay well, I know we try to keep these yep. podcasts about 30, 40 minutes. I think we've hit that. I think we have too. What, are, what it would be the message that you would want to convey to any of the listeners, whether they be customers, employees, vendors, about GR? Why don't you wrap it up and tell yep. us, give a concluding statement? You bet. Um, you know, we're just, we're just very fortunate. We're, we're a company that's been growing, doubling mm-hmm. our revenues over the last two or three years. Uh, we provide a... Uh, a solution and an experience at the well site that we think is unmatched. Uh, we feel we have some of the top uh, people in the business uh, at the coalface, uh, right. the operators, the supervisors that perform the tasks, and and we're all about we're all about our people. We're all about taking care of our people and ensuring that uh, that we remain competitive in the space and continue to. Uh, to attract and retain high-quality folks, and um, I think that probably says it all in says a nutshell. It. Well, of course, I forgot a question, so I'm back. Uh, all right. You mentioned labor, and this is obviously yeah. it was a hot topic the last two years. Finding people, retaining people, tough. What's the market today? It's still it's tough. I mean, it's uh, we've had to bring you know new green hats on mm-hmm. that have little to no experience in the oil field. Uh, we're very proud that uh, about 18 percent of our employee base is uh, ex-military oh, wow. folks, yeah. which uh, those folks bode well in our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're used to the, kind of the strange work hours, and and if they're electrical or mechanical in nature, they they fit in well with with our company. And um, but I think that's going to continue to be a challenge. I'm very proud with our attrition rate being about 20 percent, which I think is. I mean, it's still, we think it's still a little too high, but uh, we think that's probably one of the better uh, uh, rates in the business. And uh, yeah, there's some poaching that goes on back and forth, but uh, I'm proud that our managers and field service managers at, at the field level have been consistent over the last four or five years. Right. And uh, to me, that, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the, the goalpost. Sure enough. 
Okay. Well, great. Yeah. Look, I appreciate you making the time for us. Yeah, you know? we definitely appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for letting us uh, come and tour the facility, you know, a little while back and, and talking to us today. And for speaking at Thrive and doing a couple other things with us. Well, I want to thank both of you all for what you do for our industry. It's, uh, it's very significant. I applaud your efforts and uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Ray.